Do you want to become a better songwriter? Well, we created a very simple 10-minute songwriter personality test, and it's going to help you better understand who you are as a writer, and it's going to help you in the writer's room when you're writing with other writers, because you're going to be able to identify what kind of writer they are, maybe even have them take the songwriter personality test. If you're curious and you want to take the songwriter personality test today, just visit songwriterpersonalitytest.com or go to the link on the writingworship.co website. This is the Brave Podcast, awakening dreams, purpose, and songs. Brave exists to encourage, resource, and connect brave women around the world for the glory of God. Hey everybody, this is Chrissy with Brave Worship, and I'm so excited to have with me today in the podcast room one of my dear friends. Um, Her name is Lisa Hentrick, and she's part of our Brave Worship community, but she's also been a friend of mine for a while, Um, and so we've got a lot of history. We've crossed paths in a lot of different ways, Um, but today I wanted her to specifically come on here and share um, a little bit about her life, her story, her writing. And I think that there are some new songwriters out there that might be encouraged by what she has to say. Welcome, Lisa. Thanks for having me. Yes, it's so good to have you. Um, So can we start with maybe you just sharing a little bit with us about your songwriting journey? I know you've lived in Nashville for a while, but maybe just what led up to that? Um, a little bit of history, and then how you got into the whole world of songwriting here in Nashville. Well, I would say my story probably starts with fear as a little girl. Um, I used to like to write poetry, and I liked to sing, but I had terrible stage fright, so I wouldn't sing in front of anyone. And Mm -hmm. so people didn't know that I could sing, and I would do little pretend shows in our backyard for our dog. (laughs) Um, But people really did not know that I could sing because I was terrified to sing in front of people. Um, And I like to write poetry. And uh, as I got older, um, it became, I just remember in my high school days, uh, one or two of my friends saying, you're going to be a singer one day. And I just laughed. I said, no way. I wouldn't do the talent shows. I wouldn't do any of that. But they would hear me in the car singing and... Back then, you didn't have internet, and you couldn't go online and look up lyrics to songs, but I knew all of the lyrics. Mm -hmm. So anytime there was a question about a lyric to a song on the radio, they would say, go ask Lisa, because she knows all the lyrics. So Mm -hmm. um, I it it really started with that, and then um, I came from a musical family, and my my brother in my middle school years, um, by that point, he was five years older than me, so he had started a rock band, a local rock band. And uh, when I graduated from high school, a couple years out, I got up the courage to ask my brother if I could audition for his band because they were looking for a female singer. And he laughed and said, no way, (laughs) because he did not know I could sing. And he didn't want his little sister cramping his style. It was a rock band. And and, uh, so I, I, I slinked away and, but I just, it just kept, you know, on my heart, just just mm-hmm. go back and ask him again. And so I think they auditioned 14 
uh, girls and couldn't find who they wanted. So I went back to him and I asked again. I said, it won't hurt my feelings if I audition and you don't hire me. And he said, okay. And so I auditioned and they all just looked at me because I'd you know, grown up with, with a lot of these guys and they mm-hmm. just look, looked at me with their mouth open and said, we didn't know you could sing like that. <laughs> so... Uh, so I started singing with the band and it was funny if you could go back in time and see me then versus now, because I was absolutely terrified. I would stand on stage and just with my arms to the side and not do anything. I would sing a song and then I would go sit down Hmm. and, uh, I couldn't talk on the mic. I was just, it was really, truly overcoming fear, um, Mm -hmm. in the real sense. And I sang with them for about six months and then through some, some things that had happened, the band disbanded. And shortly after that, I got an opportunity to go on the road and sing with a band on the road. And that was a whole new learning experience for me of learning how to really overcome fear. Because in this band, it was I had to learn how to, it was all choreographed. It was back in the days when uh, bands would travel, they called it the circuit. Mm -hmm. And so you would play at like a Marriott hotel, they down in the lounge, you would play there for like three weeks and stay there. And then you would move on to the next hotel. Wow. So I did that for a couple of years. And that really was really truly my training ground for, um, you know, how to entertain versus just standing in front of a mic and singing Mm -hmm. a song. Mm -hmm. But really, more than that, it was training ground for overcoming fear. I mean, Mm -hmm. it it really um, ended up being the propelling force that ultimately led me to Nashville, because at that time I was singing pop songs and rock songs. And, and although I, I enjoyed the music, I, my heart wasn't in it. Mm -hmm. And I, and I didn't know it at the time, but I realized later that it was the content of what I was singing was Mm -hmm. not really my heart. And so that eventually led me to, um, starting to write songs with my brother, who was a great musician. And I realized that, wow, all this time I've been writing, I'd been writing poetry when I was younger, I realized, oh, that's half a song. I already wow. have half a song mm-hmm. there. So we started writing together. And with me being the lyricist and him being more the music person, mm-hmm. um, and that eventually led he and I both to Nashville. And so we were kind of pursuing a duet thing for a while. And eventually he ended up, through a series of circumstances, needing to move back to St. Louis. And so he and his wife moved back, and I stayed here and continued to pursue writing on my own. And Mm -hmm. that was, gosh, over 20 years ago. Hmm. And um, you ended up signing a publishing deal at one point, right? Mm -hmm. I did have a publishing deal uh, for a while, and... Mm -hmm. From a faith perspective, it's funny because once again, I, I, I'm always looking for what can I learn? You know, mm-hmm. what am I supposed to learn from this? And what I learned from that was for, for years when I would pray, you know, Lord, can I please have a publishing deal? Because every, every that, that's what you have to have in Nashville. You have to have a publishing deal. That's what Nashville tells you. Mm-hmm. And some of the people that I knew who I was writing with were getting publishing deals, and it wasn't happening for me. And each time I would pray about it, I would feel like the Lord was telling me, that's what Nashville says. You don't have to have a publishing deal. My way is better. But I kept praying, and I kept praying, and I kept praying. And then, so I did eventually get a publishing deal, uh, and it was a reputable company. But what I learned from that experience was that it, 
publishing deals are not necessarily all they're cracked up to be. And Mm -hmm. so what I learned was that instead of it propelling me forward more like I thought it would, it actually kind of held me back. It, um, and I'm not saying that that's the case with all publishing deals. There are great publishing deals out there. But it's funny because after my publishing deal was over and I would talk to people in the industry about it, they would say, I can't even tell you how many times I heard from people, um, yeah, you know, all my cuts that I got really were after my publishing deal or outside of my publishing deal. They had nothing to do with my publishing deal. Mm-hmm. So you think that the publisher is going to be your champion and your and, and your answer. Yeah, right? and perhaps they try to be. But mm-hmm. um, really what I learned from that is uh, God's the best publisher, really. Mm-hmm. So the cuts that I have gotten have all happened outside of that situation, and they've really just been um, – it seems like happenstance situations, mm-hmm. but when you step back and look at it, you realize, oh, no, that was all perfectly arranged and orchestrated, mm-hmm. but it was orchestrated by the one above all publishing deals, and that's God. Yeah. Well, um, I know there's one song in particular that people would possibly recognize that was on, um, it was after your publishing deal happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you've shared the story before, so it's fresh in my mind, but, um, why don't you share a little bit with us about that one song in particular and how God's used it to impact, um, the industry in a worldwide kind of way? Uh, well, it's a song called God and My Girlfriends, and, uh, it was written back in 2008. Um, and the, there's a deeper story behind it and how God you know, really revealed himself to me, but he's and he's still telling a story with the song. It's still unfolding. But it was written back then, and it was put on hold um, at the time by Reba. Mm-hmm. And my co-writers and I were really excited about that. And as often happens in Nashville and in the industry, it, it made its way all the way to recording week and was supposed to be put on the album, and then it didn't end up being mm-hmm. recorded, and it didn't go on the album. Uh, and... Eight years, well, seven years later, I guess at this point, um, some things had happened in my life over that time. Nutshell version, I lost my singing voice due to some health issues that were health-related. And mm-hmm. But I really had kind of walked away from all of it, walked away from writing, walked away from singing. And, you know, at the time, people would say, well, even if you can't sing, you can still write. And I, But I just felt in my spirit like... Not that, not necessarily that I'm done with it, mm-hmm. but I felt like the Lord was calling me on a different path, you mm-hmm. know. And I had a very clear moment one day where I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying to me, "You will sing again one day, and it'll be a different kind of song. Just trust me. I have you on a different path." Mm-hmm. And that's really at the time when you and and I crossed paths, mm-hmm. um, and it it's our our paths crossing started with a writing appointment, which I was kind of putting all that it was right at the time I was packing all that away I was done Mm -hmm. writing but because we were connected through our husbands I thought well I'll go ahead and you know just do this writing appointment and so we wrote a song together and through that conversation of writing we got into talking about essential oils and then you and I both 
you know, an essential oil business was born out of that, which we were not mm-hmm. expecting. Mm-hmm. But the Lord did use that um, in part of my healing process because mm-hmm. the essential oils, after using them for a couple of years, I felt my voice returning. So whatever was going on with me, the oils were actually healing the physical part of what was going on mm-hmm. with me. But more importantly, there were other things that he was doing through that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I felt in that process that I was just supposed to stop chasing the dream and chase Jesus. Mm -hmm. And the more I did that, the more, the deeper that I got in chasing the Lord, the less I cared about the old dream. Mm -hmm. And so it eventually got to a point where I was really done with it. I was done with writing. I was done with singing. And through our friendship uh, at that point, which was around... um, Early 2016, Mm -hmm. you had started inviting me to come to the Brave Worship Nights, and I kept telling you, no, that sounds like it's a writing thing. That sounds like it's a networking thing. I'm done with all that. And so I kept saying no, but at the same time, I was feeling a tap on the shoulder from the Lord Mm -hmm. saying, you've spent the last, you know, at that point, it was almost seven years. It was probably six years, maybe, Mm -hmm. between five, yeah, six years, um, really chasing me. And in the process, you think that your dream has died, but now watch what I'm going to do with your dream. Mm. And so I finally said yes, because I felt like he was tapping me on the shoulder. And I thought, okay, I'll go. I don't know why, but I'll go. (laughs) And um, that was, I I clearly remember the date, because I, I still have something in my cell phone to mark the date, but you had invited me to come. It was in March of 2016, mm-hmm. and it was March 7th was the date. And on that that night, we were doing praise and worship, and Dustin Smith was speaking that night. And he said, everybody close your eyes, and if, if Jesus was right here with you right now, and if you could ask him for one thing, just ask him. And so I had my eyes closed, and I thought, well, I'm here. I don't know why I'm here. I feel like you've been telling me, Lord, that you're about to wake up my music. And so I'm here. But even though I feel my voice is returning, I still feel a restriction around my throat Mm -hmm. when I try to sing. And so I'm just going to ask that you remove the restriction. That was the only prayer that I said. Mm -hmm. And what I didn't know was that while I was asking to remove the restriction from my throat, it, it really blew the doors off of a lot of restrictions. And the very next day on March 8th, I still have the voicemail saved in my cell phone. Mm. My former song plugger from years prior called and said, uh, hey, got some interesting news. Your song, God and My Girlfriends, from 2008 uh, is suddenly back on hold for Reba. And I thought, what is going on? And as it turned out, he, he said we had some songs on hold for her project. She dropped all the songs, suddenly did a, a 180, decided to do a totally different type of project. She's been going through some things in her life, and mm-hmm. she wanted to do a faith-based project. And she remembered your song mm. from eight years ago. And that rarely happens. The song had not been being played or pitched, Mm -hmm. or that rarely happens. You know, how many thousands of songs has she heard since Mm -hmm. that time? Right. So so that was really the beginning of, of, you know, God really blowing the doors off of what I thought was dead and buried. Mm -hmm. He was resurrecting an old dream. 
Uh, so yeah, and you've you've basically um, out of that whole thing and out of that song, there's been a ministry birthed from your heart um, for women. Um, and can you share a little bit with us about what that looks like and yeah, what it's you know, called? I, I don't really call it a ministry. That I, I feel like that word is so thrown around all the time now. I mean, I guess you could call it a ministry. Mm-hmm. I don't really call it a ministry. I call it really more of a um, of a faith community, but it's it has multiple facets to it. It really started with Reba had had posted a picture of her and her mom, and she had hashtagged it, God and my girlfriends. Um, and by the way, the song did, it ended up on her 2007 Sing It Now, mm-hmm. Songs of Faith, I think it's Sing It Now album, and it's got a subtitle to it. I think it's Songs of Faith and Hope. Um, and the song, the album actually ended up getting a Dove Award and a Grammy. Mm-hmm. And the the song itself charted on both Christian and country charts, which is unusual. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so all that was going on with the song. And at the same time, Reba had hashtagged a picture of herself and her mom with God and my girlfriends, something mm-hmm. like, you know, one of my best girlfriends, my mama. And so it just planted an idea in my mind of, you know, well, what if I started a community for God and my girlfriends? And I call it's the, my community, the, there are a couple co-writers on the song, and there's another community by one of the other co-writers, but my community is called God and My Girlfriend's Stories. And it started out with the idea of, you know, what if we just had a place to celebrate faith and girlfriends? The mm-hmm. uh, this, the logo that I have for it says, where faith and friendship meet, there's an inspiring story in the middle. That's the logo for the God and My Girlfriend stories. And so that is part of it. It's a place where you can share stories to celebrate girlfriends. Mm-hmm. I have a, uh, a page on my website, which is lisahentrick.com. And then on there, there's a God and My Girlfriend's page. Mm-hmm. And you can fill out a form and upload a picture if you want to celebrate a girlfriend. We put it on the different platforms. And so that's part of it. But uh, in stepping into that, what I've realized is that Sometimes, you know, the Lord only shows you a little bit of the vision. He doesn't necessarily show you everything at once. Mm-hmm. And you have to step into it and take action and be faithful in that. And then he will reveal the rest to you. And so what's been happening since that time is it's really grown into multiple facets. Part of it is celebrating friendships and faith together. Part of it is sharing resources, kingdom resources, because in the seven years that I really was chasing you know, the Lord so deeply, He was revealing kingdom knowledge to me that I never knew before as a believer. And so that's on my heart as well. I share kingdom resources. Um, I also have guest bloggers every month, which you've been one of those guest bloggers for us. And my heart behind the guest bloggers, that's really one of my favorite things about God and My Girlfriend's Stories is because the guest bloggers each are about a different topic, you know, that a woman might be going through. Um, one guest blogger has a Down syndrome child. Another guest blogger, in your case, um, I think we, I think in your case, we did a, a and A, and I. So sometimes I do a Q and A interview, mm-hmm. and I write the blog, and then other times the person themselves write the blog. But it's always about a different topic that a woman might be going through. And in your case, I think we titled it Unearthing Spiritual Heritage, mm-hmm. um, which ties to our Scotland and then Ireland trip that mm-hmm. Brave Worship took. Um, but my heart behind that is really that if somebody clicks on that guest blog 
And that guest blog is about a topic that is resonating with them or something that they're going through. Not only do they get to identify with somebody who's been through it themselves, but they also get to see their person, the person's faith behind it and how their faith played a role. Mm-hmm. And then I always try to include resources at the bottom so that if you're going through this, um, you can click on these resources and it can begin to put you on a path because not everybody has a community. Not everybody has right. a community of girlfriends mm-hmm. helping them or even maybe family around them, mm-hmm. you know, supporting them in this. So that's actually one of my favorite things that has come out of God of My Girlfriend's Stories is the guest bloggers that's that awesome. we have each month. Now, there's another way that you've been building kingdom recently over the last year. Um, so yes, through God and my girlfriends is one way, but another way um, that has come up this year has been pretty incredible. Um, would you mind sharing with us a little bit about your silo? Yes. So our silo, when my husband and I brought bought our property that we live on now, uh, we built kind of a, I call it a charm house. It's a church meets farmhouse. <laughs> and um, we knew... Uh, going into it that we were going to have a separate building and I kept saying all along it's going to be used for kingdom purposes it's going to be used for kingdom purposes and it was originally going to be a barn Mm -hmm. and through a series of things that happened the the plans for the barn were stalled and in the process of praying through that no pun really just stalled yes Uh Uh, yeah the barn was stalled um but in the process of praying through that the Lord really just redirected our vision, mm-hmm. uh, and it really started out as I, I had wanted to build two little small silos. You've, you see the little small silos around sometimes. Uh, I wanted to have two little small ones to be for our lawn equipment and our equipment and things like that instead of having just like a regular old shed. I just thought it would look really beautiful on our property. and. So when we went through the process of, of getting these two little small silos put up, it, we began this conversation of, well, what if instead of building a barn, what if we built a silo instead? And um, it was a learn-as-we-go process because mm-hmm. it's not a common thing for somebody to build a silo and then finish out the inside <laughs> and right. actually you know use it for other purposes. but. Mm-hmm. We figured it out as we went, and it was fun. Uh, at one point, my husband and I did have a, a furniture store where it was kind of like American Pickers. We would go and on picking trips, and we would upcycle things, and it was a combination of things we'd picked and things we built. Mm-hmm. And we had gotten out of that business, and so it the experience that we had in that business allowed us to really um, bring this to life, you mm-hmm. know, in an interesting way. Uh, and so we, we finished it out and the first time that we used it was when I had an EP release party for my Scotland, uh, project Mm -hmm. and that happened because of brave worship. Um, so it really is all interesting how it's all tied together. Mm -hmm. Uh, but since that time, you know, my favorite thing to see happening in there is, and hear happening in there is worship music. It's a unique kind of building that even though it is finished out um, with insulation and and what have you, it still has a beautiful acoustic echo in there um, Mm -hmm. that you can't get in another building. And so my favorite thing to hear in there is actually voices with very little music or just acoustic Mm -hmm. music or even just voices 
by themselves without music. Yeah, so if you guys have um, listened at all to our Ireland uh, Writers Night that we did live, we posted on our Facebook mm-hmm. page, I believe. Um, that took place in Lisa's barn. I know we've had other writers' nights. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. whoops, Silo. Silo, yeah. Silo. Uh-huh. Um, but we've had other events there as well. So if you've seen this beautiful white room with a huge chandelier in the middle, couches, mm-hmm. antique couches in the center, um, that's Lisa's Silo. Yeah, so. and you can actually go to my, um, you guys need to post this too on Brave if you mm-hmm. haven't yet, but you can go to my Instagram page, which is Lisa Hendrick Nashville. And you will see from end of November or might have been early December when it got posted, but you'll see an Ireland flag and it says Brave Worship Writer's Night on it. And you can click and watch a three-minute recap video of that night that was put together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's a beautiful way um, that the Lord is is building kingdom in our community yeah. is through that and a way that we've partnered together um, as brave and your family mm-hmm. basically and hosted several events there. So we're so thankful for you, Lisa, for you opening that up and for your kingdom heart and um, all you're doing in the world of encouraging women and um and just building up kingdom through just having that space, opening that space with open hands mm-hmm. and um allowing it to be used in amazing ways. And you know, atmosphere one of the things I love about you, Lisa, is you're a setter of atmospheres. And you've done this in several brave events too, where you've mm-hmm. come in I love that. and I you love sort that. of set up like when we've done these walkthrough experiences um, and other events in the past, conferences, things like that, you come in and you create an atmosphere like visually mm-hmm. and um, sensory. It's all It all plays such a big role in what actually happens in the room and in the night. It sets the tone, you know? And that's actually something that the Lord um, revealed to me. I didn't think that I had that gift, but mm-hmm. when I lost my singing voice, that's another thing that happened during those seven years wow. was when my husband and I... Uh, eventually ended up having a store in both of us. He was doing this. My Mm -hmm. husband and I, when we first got married, um, the first eight years of our marriage, I would joke and say, honey, you're a man of many talents, but handyman is not one of them. Um, But when we built built our uh, home at the time, um, when you finish building a home, for anybody that's built a home, you know this process. By the time you get close to the end of the process, mm-hmm. there's no budget left for furniture. Right. And so I knew that we had to be creative, and it was at the front end of the upcycle stuff. It was like before it all got really popular. And a friend came into my life, and I had said to her, she was a designer, and I said, I'm really wanting to do like upcycled things and things that tell a story. You know, as a songwriter, that's probably part of why I have that passion. Mm-hmm. It's the story behind the piece of furniture that mm-hmm. that is interesting to me and that I love. And so through her, she started taking me to junkyards and flea markets and um, started, you know, turning pieces into other pieces, but I was paying someone to do it. And my husband, you know, was watching this process and his name is Craig. And he said, I could do that. And I said, go for it, honey. But I, I was silently thinking, I didn't say it, but I thought, oh my gosh, there's no way. Cause he did, he didn't know how to do any of this stuff, but he went to a pawn shop. He bought some tools, didn't even know what he was doing, what he was buying. And he just started teaching himself in the garage. He would watch YouTube videos and started teaching himself to build furniture. And 
my husband is the type of person that when he puts his mind to something, he wants to master it. Mm -hmm. And he really does go all in. He's very disciplined. And within a matter of months, my friend, who was a designer, um, started buying some of the pieces that he was building for her <laughs> clients. Mm -hmm. We started getting, you know, orders, custom orders. And not only were we furnishing our house with what he was building, but um, the, the picking process that we were doing together turned into a business. And so, but at the time I thought, oh, I don't even know how to decorate. I'm not a decorator. But the Lord really, you know, revealed to both of us that, you can take, you know, an, an idea, and even if you don't have any experience in that area, just step into it, just mm -hmm. do it, and just begin it, because you never know where it's going to lead. And for us, it led to a store for a couple of years, mm -hmm. and that experience then led us to when we built the silo, we used that experience to finish out the silo in a very unique and beautiful way that... Mm -hmm. um, it blesses us to see how people react to it when they're in it. And I can now look back and see that, you know, the barn being stalled, haha. -ha. I mean, a yeah. barn would have been a beautiful building, mm -hmm. but um, I really do think that one of the reasons why the Lord redirected us to do a silo is because of the way the sound is in there. Mm -hmm. I really do believe that that He is turning the hearts of people back to worship mm -hmm. and, and worship really it's it's become in the industry about a stage and people up there on the microphones and i'm not saying there's anything wrong with that mm -hmm. you know leading worship but real the heart of real worship is all of the voices hearing all of the, the voices voice of the rising church. up yeah and that's what's so beautiful about that building when it comes to singing is that you can hear all of the voices rising up and it feels like there's angels singing mm -hmm. with you it's just a very unique one well, and one of the things, and I think I've mentioned this to you, but I heard the Lord say in one of my journalings, um, one of the ways that the enemy is is at work in the church today is by silencing the voice of the church, mm. and that's through the sound system. Sometimes is so loud you literally can't hear right the voice of the bride, and right. I and miss the lights, that and sometimes. The, and the, you know, sometimes the. Yeah, smoke the focus and all these effects. the focus yeah. changes. Yeah, absolutely. The focus changes, and you can't hear what the bride is singing. And I think for our hearts, you're right. Yeah, we need to hear what the bride is singing. Um, that's right. part of the reason why we gather. Yeah, and on that note, um, interestingly enough, when I was going through um, the aftermath of losing my voice, and when the Lord was waking it back up. I was at a Bible study one day, and a, a person that I don't know approached me on my way out the door, and she said, I just have to tell you something. She said, there's scripture that talks about um, someone who was being attacked, who had been attacked by the enemy, and basically, he should have never done that, because this person's impact on the kingdom was going to be so much greater. And so she looked at me, and she said, the enemy took your voice away, um, because he wanted to silence you. And... Because he did that, your impact is going to be so much greater now than mm. it would have been had he never messed with your voice. And I think that's so interesting because it's not about me and like, you know, oh, I'm going to have this great impact. But what's what's important about that is that when when my voice was taken away, I spent seven years of like walking with the Lord in a way that I never would have because mm -hmm. I was so busy writing and doing demos and doing bluebird shows and all right. that, you know. Mm -hmm. So when when you when that gets taken away, 
you know, you have two choices. You can either try to chase after fixing it and so that you can maintain that life. But in my case, I was like, nope, I think I'm done with it all. And I'm just going to spend time with you, Lord. And so it makes sense to me when that person says that. I'm like, whoa, that's really interesting because <laughs> I now have a, a deeper walk with the Lord than I ever would have had had mm-hmm. I not lost my voice. So I right. see it as a gift. Mm-hmm. And some of the things that my husband and I have been able to accomplish and do, I think are directly related to that and mm-hmm. to brave worship, really. You right. Know, the Lord used all of that. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. Well, quite a story, quite an amazing story. And, and so I do cool. want to say, too, um, that I have been in the studio recording my own version of God and My Girlfriends. It's mm-hmm. a totally different version. Um, it will be released probably in the springtime and love Reba's version, love her voice. My version is a little bit more on the pop side, fun side. Uh, and uh, so God's still, he's not done with that song yet. Mm-hmm. Whatever. I'm just asking him to take it wherever he wants to. So if people want to get the song or if they want to connect with you or see what you're doing with God and my girlfriends, how would they um, find you? What's the best places to find um, you? We have a Facebook page and Instagram, mm-hmm. and both are called G-A-M-G Stories, God mm-hmm. and My Girlfriend's Stories. So they can connect that way. They can also go to my website and click on the God and My Girlfriend's page, and you can see everything that's going on with it there. Which is, what's your website? LisaHendrick.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Lisa. We're so thankful to have you a part of our community. I'm thankful to have you as a friend. And um, God bless you and all that's coming for you this year. I know it's going to be a good one. Thank you. Love you. Love you too. Thanks for listening to The Brave Podcast, awakening dreams, purpose, and songs. You can visit braveworship.com to learn more about how you can join one of the upcoming Brave Coffees in your local area. We'd love to connect with you on Instagram at Brave Worship and on Facebook at Brave Worship Page. We'd also love for you to join us at our next songwriting event or missions trip. And you can stay up to date on all of those things and the latest happenings when you sign up for our newsletter at braveworship.com. The times I've grown most as a songwriter are the times I've had mentors showing me the way. If you're looking to grow as a songwriter, we're now accepting applications for our Worship Songwriter Mentorship. Now, it's available only a few times each year. The Worship Songwriter Mentorship is a songwriting intensive that will help you craft impactful worship songs. It's a course created by Dove Award-winning and Grammy-nominated, drumroll here please, (laughs) our founder, pro songwriter Chrissy Nordoff. It's a small group community, and it's led by other songwriters over the course of nine weeks. It's an intensive course and a small group co-writing environment, and that means you'll be added to a special group of about 12 writers, give or take. Each group is led by experienced songwriters, some of them my dear, dear friends, and I've even gotten to lead a group or two. Rachel here, by the way. We love the church, and we love to champion fellow worship songwriters just like yourself. In this mentorship, you'll learn how to write songs for you and your congregation, You'll go deeper in your intimacy with Jesus. You'll get the tools needed to help craft songs more easily and never run out of creative ideas. Okay, I know it sounds too good to be true, but trust me, this course is a game changer. You'll learn how to leverage your unique songwriting personality and connect with other like-minded writers in a meaningful way. 
Truly, I can't think of another course, group of people, community that has impacted my songwriting the way that this mentorship has. If you're wanting to take the next steps in your songwriting journey, then apply now at the link in our show notes. We hope to see you there.